So thankful to be able to share with you today. Um, I want to encourage you today. I realize that uh, you all come for different reasons here this morning. Some of you, as I uh, intimated last uh, a few moments ago, some of you were dragged here, dragged here. Hopefully you weren't drugged and dragged here, okay? Um, going a bit far, but... Um, I realize that uh, we have different ideas of what this day holds. Uh, I want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, uh, that this is a day about hope, about hope. And most of us uh, know about hope. We uh, look forward to the next week. Uh, I know that when you're young, you always are, are hopeful for the future. You're excited. When you're in school, uh, you, you look forward to that next year. And that idea that maybe you get to go from this school to that school, or even simple things as go from this playground to the other playground, to the big kids' playground. And uh, you, all of life is kind of pushing ahead and hoping for that next thing. Uh, you, you realize when you're in fifth grade or so around here in Tatchby that you look forward to getting into middle school and you're like, oh, I'm not just a child anymore. You know, I, I'm over it. and yeah, I, I need to get out of here. And then by about the middle of your sixth grade year, uh, you're like, oh, I'm so over middle school and uh, I'm ready to go to high school and I'm kind of a big timer. And, and then there's the senioritis, senioritis, which there's no cure for. It's really one of those weird things where uh, kids think they're more important than they are. Forget, uh, sorry if there's any seniors here. Uh, and uh, they say, oh, I'm so mature and these immature, like juniors and sophomores and oh, freshmen, please, you know, I was never like that. Uh, um, there's pictures to prove it, by the way, that uh, you were like that. Um, it's good to have Josh Jackson here. Where's Josh? Josh, he's one of the founding members of Bear Valley Church Youth Group. Uh, he predates me. He was right there. Yeah, it's good to have Josh here. He's married, has a child. It's, it's amazing how things go like that. But we always look forward to it. I don't know if you were like me. I, I played a lot of uh, sports when I was a kid, not because I was good, but because all you had to do was pay your $20 and go. They put you on a team and you got to play. By the way, I'd be really good right now if I played youth sports. I'd be, especially basketball, I'd be a lot better than, anyways, but uh, uh, you play, and, and you know what happens at the end, at the end of the season? You lose your last game. Uh, it's a championship of the world, and you lose. There's not too many people who win and keep winning, but you kind of all walk away, and you say, we'll get them next year. We'll get them next year. There's this this hope for the future that, that stuff is going to get better. Unfortunately, we don't know. Uh, I, there were some teams that are on that were worse the year after. We were bad, and then we got worse, you know. And, and there's this always this idea of hope for the future. I realized that life is like that. Uh, we, senior in high school, and we say, oh, I... You know, I hope to go to college or I hope to do this next step in my life. And so I'm excited about that. As you go at that next step, you go, oh, I'm excited for this next thing. Maybe uh, it's to move to a particular place. Maybe it's to get married. And, and, and then you're always planning for that next step. And then you have children and, and whoa, whoa, kids throw you for a loop sometimes, don't they? 
and they and you you got this idea and then you start jumping on their train too and you're like i i can't wait for them to graduate from this and this and and then they're out of the house and you're like for a moment and then you're like oh i'm planning to retire because we're going to do a lot of traveling and and then and then what like hope what's next this morning i want to talk to you i want to i want to share with you about our living hope in our risen savior our living hope in our risen savior you have your bibles you can turn to first corinthians chapter 15 and i'd like to share from you with you from this great chapter this chapter is about jesus resurrection so if you want to dwell on this further this is a good place to go in the scriptures there's other places as well but 1 Corinthians 15 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, Paul starts out as he writes this. God has inspired Paul to give us this section. And he wants to kind of intro this in the beginning of chapter 15. And, and this is what uh, Paul writes. He says now, uh, starting at verse 1. Now, now I rem- will remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you which you received in which you you stand and by which you are being saved if you hold fast to the word I preached to you to you unless you believed in vain he gives us a few things and and I want to tell you this message that we're talking about this morning is called the gospel and the gospel means good news um, I, I think about this and I go we are people needy of good news as i look out i I, you're a great looking bunch you're a great looking bunch some of you clean up real nice you but i want to tell you when i look out i see a group of needy people needy not because i know your situation but it's almost a a mirror reflecting back on me and, and and i look at and i go man i got i got all kinds of problems and insecurities and hurdles in life and and i go i don't have the resources so i want to tell you what, what paul writes about what we're talking about this morning is good news and it can be good news for you so paul writes about this gospel and he says i preach this to you i want to remind you of this gospel that i preach to you and he tells us a few things about it first of all the message you received the message you received and and as they heard this message that paul's talking about they received it they received it Uh, i hate to ruin uh, a good morning by saying this but have you ever heard a politician talk about stuff and you've sat there uh if you've seen it live it's probably more repulsive than even on the tv i would think but 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 you're 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 sitting there and you're folding your arms and you're going i don't know if they're honest I don't know if I buy it. I don't know. Like you're, you're sitting back and going, eh, I, don't, I don't know. And some of you are more disgusted than just sitting back. But, but anyways, it's this idea that you're folded arms. You're going, I don't buy this. Paul's talking about this message, this good news message. And he says, as we preached it to you, you didn't just hear it, but you received it. You took it in. You bought it. I want to tell you that this is the appropriate response to the gospel of jesus 
the message of Jesus is that you buy it. You receive it. You grab it. You hold it. You cling to it. He says, he says first that you received it. And th- then he points to, th- that's a point in time in the, uh, in the past. But now he says, and you stand in it now. You stand in it. It's not just something at a point in time that it, it changes your life. And, but, but it's something that you continue in. You stand in. And then he says this, and important for us to remember verse 2, which you're being saved. This is the message, this is the message that saves you. In this next section in 1 Corinthians 15, he clearly says what this good message is. Verse 3, he says, For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas then to the twelve then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time most of whom are still alive though some have fallen asleep then he appeared to James then to all the apostles last of all to one untimely born he also appeared to me Paul gives this message and it's really a twofold message he, he says that, that Christ died and was buried. Christ died and was buried. And there's a purpose in this. As you look at the scripture, he says, Christ died for our sins. For our sins. That, that, that's the big injustice, the big, uh, the big thing that's so difficult. This last Friday, Good Friday, we had uh, our choir blessed us and encouraged us some important songs about uh, the important message. And, and it's so hard because... It's all focused on you're a sinner. These are your sins. This is what you, this is your debt. And so you see that. And right next to it, you see Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus went to the cross. And it's not his sin that he went to the cross for. It's our sin. And so we look at this and we see this first thing of, in the message of the gospel. The first point in the message of the gospel is this. That Christ died for sinners. We are sinners. I want to say this. It says it twice, both points. He says, in accordance with the Scriptures. Sometimes, I mentioned this before in the last couple of weeks, sometimes we look at the crucifixion and we go, boy, that was a bad day. That was injustice. Well, what went wrong? The Jews did wrong. The Romans did wrong. And if things would have been a little different, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. And I want to tell you, that's not true. That's not true. The Bible shares, points, has prophecy over and over again of one who would come. This one who would come. It says that he, in Isaiah, that he was going to be pierced for our transgressions. That there was one that was going to come, that he was going to stand in our place. He would be this suffering servant. And, and you look to this and he says, this is not uh, this some haphazard thing. This is an important plan of God worked out in His Son. This is the plan. And the first part of the plan is this, that Christ would die and be buried. You have it, 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 seems, it seems rough, right? The, the story's over. As you consider this this morning, uh, there's a second point, and this is what we celebrate today. Today. It says that uh, he, he died according to the scripture for sins. 
And in, in verse 4, it says, then he was buried, but then it says this, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scripture. He was raised on the third day. That the, the, It was not just that he died, but that he rose again. Rose again. We'll get into the implications of that. But this is the gospel. He died, rose again. For us to embrace this message, we look at this and we realize too that this was not just what happened in history and somebody wrote it down, but this is what the eyewitnesses saw. Um, it, most of us don't trust people, especially if we have siblings. We don't trust people. And there's reasons, right? Because our siblings have lied to us. They've, they've shaded the truth a little bit. Um, some of our... Uh, our siblings are grand in their explanation of things, and so they seem a lot bigger. They're, they're, they're destined to be preachers, right? You know, there were 10,000 people there. Well, there were 10 there. Yeah, uh, it was close. There was a 10 in there, right? Um, we look at this, and we, and we realize that taking one sibling's ideas, you know, you don't trust them. E- even if you have two, it's kind of dangerous, right? If two of them agree, because they could be plotting against you, right? They could have, you say this and then I'll say this and we'll go out there and we'll fool them. But this picture here is that he's listing out. He, he goes for Peter and the other disciples, apostles, and, and 500 others saw Jesus. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose again. And, and people witnessed that that was him, that they saw him, his bodily resurrection. And you say, well, it can't be. That's never happened. Uh, God, okay? This is the plan of God. God has done things that you can't do, that can't be reproduced, that can't be done again, apart from Him doing it. God raised His Son from the dead. You look at this, and there, there might be a question in your mind today, which brings us to verse 12. What if He didn't rise from the dead? Maybe you don't buy it. Maybe you don't believe that anyone can come back. And, and you say, well, I, I, don't, I don't get this. It doesn't fit in my, my picture of life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 12, it says this, now if, Christ, uh, now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. And you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if Christ, if in Christ we have hope only in this life, we are of all people most to be pitied. Paul presents and he says, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, I want to tell you about what life is like for you. He, he goes through a, a list of things. He first of all says this message that we preach to you is worthless. This gospel message is not good news. It's a, it's a worthless message. 
And it, because that's the basis of your faith, so that message is worthless, but also your faith is worthless. Think about how ridiculous we look right now if Jesus is not risen from the dead. Think about it. It's starting to get hot in here. Because all you are breathing, okay? A lot of people in here. So you took a shower, you got dressed up on a Sunday. Like, like you, you came out, you, you, you stopped your schedule. Uh, so some people came early in the morning. You're going to have family celebrations all day long, and you're going, what are they celebrating? Why are there people there? It's ridiculous. If Jesus has not risen from the dead, this is foolishness what we're doing here. So the message is worthless. Your faith is worthless. I want to even say it this way. and Be careful, but God is worthless. God is worthless because His promise, you know, we're, we're preaching a message that says God, Father raised a son and, you know, it's, all this is the plan of God. But if it's not, if it's not, then believing in a God of having a God, that's worthless too. What are the implications for us? It says this, if Jesus hasn't risen from the dead, you're still in your sins. You're still in your sins. One of the greatest things of coming into Christ. You're free from your sins. You're cleansed from your sins. Everything you've done. But if Jesus hasn't risen from the dead, you're stuck. You're stuck in your sins. You're lost in your sins. As we look at this, this looks bad. He says uh, that life, uh, those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. It's the idea of this life, the end of this life, it just ends in defeat. And, and there's no getting them next year. That, that's what it is to be without a risen Savior. And this idea of we are, of all people, most to be pitied. If this is all we got, joke's on us. Joke's on us. There's this awful feeling that we set up a structure of life, but the joke's on us because it's not true. It's not true. If I promised you, if I made a promise to you, I, I, I liked you, I, I liked you, I, 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 was, I loved you, I just, I, I loved you so much I wanted to make a promise to you, and I told you, I will take care of you forever. And when I say I'll take care of you forever, I'll, I'll pay all your bills I mean, you like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll pay all your bills. When you're hungry, I'll bring you food. When you're sick, I'll, I'll take care of all your medical needs. I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. I'll take care of you forever, forever. You guys want to have a relationship with me like that, right? Some of you are going, yeah, sign me up. Where can I get this? I'll pay all your bills. I'll take care of every one of your needs. I, I'd love that. I love that kind of relationship. And then next week, on Wednesday, I get in a terrible accident and die. Uh, by the way, if that happens, if that happens, don't cry for me. I'll be fine because <laughs> Jesus is risen. But, but if I had that kind of relationship with you and I made those kind of promises and, and you were depending on me and then you go, well, where is he? Thursday comes, you get that bill, your car breaks down, you're hungry again and you go, he said he would be here for me. He said he would take care of me. Oh, he's dead. He's dead. And so your hopes for the future are connected to the one that is dead and no longer alive. I want to tell you, this is the terrible state without a risen Savior. Which brings us to verse 20. 
But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The fact. The fact. And you say, well, I don't believe it. So you believe that thousands of years later, a couple thousand years later, you're not there. You're not an eyewitness. You're a non-eyewitness. You weren't even a contemporary of the eyewitnesses, okay? But you somehow know better that he didn't rise from the dead, though there were many who said that he did. Think about this. It's not logical for you. For you. We look at this and we say, yes, he did rise from the dead. And, and the, the connections, he arose, and the implications go like this. Verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Verse 21, for as by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection from the dead. Explanation, verse 22, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall be all made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Let me tell you how this goes. First of all, he did rise from the dead. Second of all, there's this connection. There's this connection from Adam, Adam, all sin, all sin, all of us follow in our footsteps of our father, Adam. Adam was the first to want to violate God's law. Adam is held responsible for the whole of creation, okay? And you say, well, that's not fair. Okay, we won't count Adam's sin, but have you sinned? Oh, yeah. Okay, so don't worry about this. This is complicated things that I want to tell you that all has sinned, all sinned. And we're all of the same fabric in Adam. But then he points to Christ and he says this as well. All in Christ will potentially be saved. All that were condemned in Adam now have opportunity for salvation in Christ. It's not that all come to know Christ, but that end part, I want you to see this. He says, uh, verse 23 at the end, he said, Then at its coming, those who belong to Christ. I want to tell you, this is for those who belong to Christ. This is for those who have received the message those who have belonged to Christ. And, and this is the reason we rejoice this morning, is that Jesus has died. He rose again. He's alive. And for those who have trusted in Him, we too are alive. And we'll be with Him forever. As you look at this and you say, well, what do I do now? If you flip to the end of chapter 15, uh, this chapter ends like this. Christ has won the victory and then we look at verse 56. Verse 56, it says this. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord... Your labor is not in vain. I want to tell you that if you've trusted in Christ, uh, you know that your life of service is not in vain. You know that it's not worthless. You know that it's not a meaningless life. You know that because Jesus rose from the dead, that you'll have life eternal with Him forever. So your life is not in vain. I want to just say this. I hope that today, I hope that today you enjoy your family. 
I hope you have a, a great celebration and time together. I, you enjoy this beautiful day. I hope you see the wildflowers because they're going to be out today. It's going to be magnificent. I'm excited. and Just a beautiful day. But that you enjoy these things. Why? Because you're confident. Because you're confident in the finished work of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're confident in your own works, I want to tell you they will fail you. But if you're confident in the finished work of Jesus that he did on the cross, his, his resurrection, if you're, you're confident in that, there's reason to celebrate. Reason to celebrate. Thank you so much for being here today. Please join with me in prayer. God, uh, we, we thank you so much for the gift of your son. And it's hard for us to get our head around all that you've done for us in him. But we know this, that as we trust in him, we can be confident in the future, hopeful in the future. Why? Because you've finished it for us. You've done it all. And we can trust in your words. God, we ask your blessing on your church. I pray that you move in individuals' hearts right now, that they would trust in you and not in themselves. Thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Nicole's going to share a beautiful song with us now.
Thank you so much for coming. I hope you have a wonderful day. Please come back and see us again. We are dismissed.